0: You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, welcome, 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 welcome. We're so glad all of you are here. We're so glad all the youth are in here with us too. Praise the Lord. If you didn't hear that Samantha and Cameron, they had their little baby and so he's doing well, they're doing well, so everything's good. Praising the Lord for that, hallelujah, amen. Hey, uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter six. I'm just gonna share some things. You know, it's been a a busy, busy time and uh, some things there, but you know, it seems like when you're looking and seeing what's going on, of course, world events, what's transpiring, you know, every Wednesday I get an update on world events and what's going on around the world. And uh, especially concerning Israel and all the things that are pertaining to them. And it just amazes me about what we don't hear. Uh, And uh, it amazes me about what truly is going on, what truly is happening. And besides all that, you know, I I get all of my friends and people that I know everywhere who's doing what and what they're doing to help people in the Ukraine, and also to even those that are helping those that are, uh, all the folks that are actually in Russia too, that it's not their fault of what's going on and they're starving and helping them too, and just different places of the world because they have connectivity uh, with uh, with people around the world, and so, and, and of course we support people in every, almost every country of the world, so it's good to know that, but you know, it, it, if, if we're not living in the last days, it sure looks like it, okay. <laughs> And you know, there's two kinds of things that we have to see and do. And of course, I hear two different sides on prayer and stuff. And thank God for both sides because we actually need both sides. How many of you know in the midst of Jesus coming back that there is supposed to be a great revival that takes place and a great renewal and a great things of, of transfer, transpiring? And uh, you know, we're always talking about revival and trying to see revival out in the world. I just like to see a revival in church. I, I like to see a stirring, I like to see the fire of God, and the presence of God, and, and, and a hunger for God, and you know, you, you have to ask yourself, when you talk to people, there's either two kind of scenarios, there's either an urgency, or, or there are those that are lethargic, which means it's like, eh, it doesn't really affect me. And you know there is an urgency of it, and of course, when things hit home like what hit home just recently with with Brian and Raquel and them, uh, you know it, it, it actually gets get your heart. You know and it, it it tags you, and you kind of go, "Man, wow! Here's what we need to do." And we as the church need to step up our game to pray and step up our game to to be ready and, and to realize that every life counts, and every time we talk and every time we share, you know. Um, and so I looked up some statistics and I got some statistics from a friend of mine who's really good at this. And, uh, and of course they're not really cool to say, are actually very just, you know, crazy statistics. But did you know that, uh, 178,000 people die every day, 178,000 people die every day. That means 7,425 people die every hour. That means 120 people die every minute. And, of course, you ask yourself the question, as a pastor, I always ask myself a question, how many are born again, how many aren't? You know, I'm not going to tell you how many die every second. Uh, You know, I could tell you that. Basically, every half second, somebody dies. (laughs) You say, well, then the earth ought to be depopulated really quick. Well, about every second, somebody gets born. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, but... The reason I share that with you is because if we understand the urgency of the hour and it's not that we're looking to run out and and, and try to uh, do something that we're not, but what we have to know is that everybody around us is hurting and everybody around us needs something and everybody around us needs us to touch their lives and every one of us can win souls. Every one of us can touch somebody's life just just with our own heart, just with our own voice. Amen. You know, once a week I go have coffee with Brother Self, okay? And we go to Starbucks. And because uh, he likes Starbucks. So we go to Starbucks and have coffee, okay? You know, he walks up there. We walk up, course, he's in his walker. He walks up there, and the first thing he does is he asks the person if they know Jesus, and he hands them a card. And then he hands them a lollipop, you know. And then he brings a big bag of candy, and he goes back to get his second cup of coffee, and he brings a big bag of candy, and he says, okay, let me tell you, here's the Roman's road. Here's this. Here's this. And we've been doing that for 20-some-odd years now, every week, and, and he puts me to shame. He just makes me feel just, you know, because then he bellers. Uh, This is Pastor Mark, so that everybody knows who I am. And, uh, and I love it. I love, and I love what he does. And he continues, you know, he's 92 years old. Okay. And, uh, and, and as long as he's got a voice, he's gonna declare Jesus is Lord. And I always tell him, I said, you know, when I grow up, I want to be just like you, you know, because I do. He just has a heart. Of course, he's, you know, he's just, he's this innocent little old guy. So everybody just receives everything from him. I go up to talk to somebody and they think I want to mug them, you know, I mean, I'm not as bad as if Aaron went up to walk to somebody, but it's, you know, still, it's almost, it's like, you know, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's just one of those things. But hey, so I feel better when I hang out with Aaron, but it's just the other side. You know, you look at things here. How many of you know that we have an opportunity? <laughs> I love you, man. You know I love you. So, and, and, you know, and Brian McFarland's so happy that you're in our church because I stopped picking on him. <laughs> so anyways, no, for all of you that are watching, these two guys, are they're awesome guys. Everybody, they're really cool. You know, uh, but they, they, just, they just have that face you pick on, but it's good. And, um, no, I'm just, I'm just teasing you, man. But we need to understand that God doesn't usually come down and do a a Damascus Road experience for most people. You know, the Apostle Paul, God came down and said, Hey, Paul, or Saul, don't you find it hard to kick against the bricks or kick against these things here? Well, so God doesn't usually do that. But see, what God does is he uses you and I. He uses people. He uses us. And it's amazing that if we listen to what the Spirit of God is saying, he'll let us know together here in Second Corinthians chapter six, and verse one, it says this. It says, "We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And, and the key is that we're workers together. You know God needs all of us, and every person we come in contact with, how do they, they need peace, they need joy, they need what we have, because we've got Jesus. It really is such a, it's just a vital thing. And even if it's just a kind word, even if it's just, hey, the gift of God. And you know that God needs your gift to be used in the body of Christ, but he also needs your gift to be used out there to touch lives. I don't know if you've ever read a book called The Conspiracy of Kindness. It's, a, it's an evangelistic book. It's about evangelism. And all it is is about being kind. Amen. All it is is about just showing kindness, just showing kindness and and being kind and actually how kindness opens the doors for everything. Amen. You know, I, when I, before I went on my first missions trip, uh, the missionary I was going to go, he said, listen, you can't come unless you read this book. And the book was called The Ugly American. Anybody ever read the book The Ugly American? You guys have read the book, The Ugly American? Awesome. Well, The Ugly American's about a missionary guy who was an ugly guy, okay? He just was not very good. But everybody else was trying to, and The Ugly American figured out how to make things and do things so that they could have crops, they could have, and he just, by what he did and by his actions, won so much more people to Jesus than anybody else. And so, in doing that, it was basically, was saying, hey, listen, don't come over here thinking you've got all the answers, and many times we don't share the love of God or we don't share our hearts with folks is because we think we have to know all the answers. How You know, you, sometimes you have to be just like the little girl whom, whose mom sent her to the store to get something and she took so long when she finally came back. She says, what took you as long? She said, well, little so-and-so, I met her and, and her doll was broke and, and, you know, and so I just we met her She's, and the mom says, what do you know about fixing dolls? She said, nothing. I just sat down and helped her cry. Sometimes we just need to sit down and help people cry. We don't have all the answers. We, you know, one of the biggest things is that what we think we should have to, we think we should answer all this big, giant question called why. Well, why is this? Do you ever get to talk to somebody and they always say, well, why is this happening? Why is that? If God's so good, why is this? Why is this? Everybody wants to know why. You yeah, know, they always want to get in. When you get into that, you know, that's why everybody's usually whining all the time because they're always asking the question about why and how do we handle this and how do we, how do, we do this here? And they get frustrated within their own selves. But you know, the world needs to see a church that is touching lives, but also a church that's touching one another, but a church that's excited about the things of God. You know, probably the number one question I get asked all the time by all of my peers and by everybody around me all the time, and that if anybody is down, they always call me to get lifted up. It's, it's, it's part of my makeup, but all things is, is how do you keep being so excited after doing this day after day for all of these years? How do you do something for forty three years? How do you get up and you preach and you teach and you deal with people's problems and you're praying with people you talk? And how do you stay happy? How do you have longevity in life? And so, of course, for me, I asked Brother Self that. You're 92, okay? That gives me hope, man. I got a long ways to go, okay? I'm looking at this going, wow. You know, if I'm going to be here till 92, I want to know how to, you know, by that time, I'll have been doing this for 73 years. Lord Jesus, you better come back. You better come back. You know what I'm saying, but how do you do that? How how do you take hold uh, of some things here, and how how do you you handle the the things of God, or how do you work together with God and keep it fresh? You ever ask yourself that question? I always do that all the time. Ask myself that question all the time, Lord. How do we keep fresh, Lord? How do we? I just want to have fellowship with you. What do I do? And, of course, my answer is always this, is that God's mercy is new every morning. God's loving kindness is new every morning. So I fellowship with God every day of my life, fellowship with him. And, you know, he's never old. He's never tiring. Amen? But here's the thing about it. Do you know the the number one thing is, is that I never get tired of worshiping him because he... Drew me to himself. He sought me. I got born again. His call to me is the greatest thing in all the world. Yeah, I'm called of God to be a pastor, called to God to be in a five fold ministry, uh, gifting and doing and teaching and doing what God's called me to do. But the call of God for me is the greatest thing in all the world. And it was the call to be a Christian. See, if you can't get excited about your Christianity, if you can't get excited about your new birth, you'll never get excited about being filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll never get excited about seeing somebody healed. You'll never get excited about God meeting your needs because those are things that come. But if you'll get excited about the relationship that you have with him and the call to have fellowship, can you imagine God, the creator of the universe, wants to talk to me? He wants. He lets me come into his very presence. He, he I get an audience with the king. You know, we're gonna say, "Well, it doesn't see because we don't understand the magnitude of it." I think if we understand how great God is, that's the first thing. Is that I'm called. People say, "Why do you do this? Why do you do this?" See, I never understand people getting tired. I knew that'd go over real big. You know. I was telling the board because you know my wife likes to rest and she likes to when she wants to rest she just wants to enjoy and me resting is building a deck tearing down a wall you know chopping something that's how I rest that's fun okay not for her that's, we don't do that you know but so you know I'm learning how to, how to, how to get a balance okay I really am she, it's hard it's hard for her it's hard for me because we rest two different ways So we're working on that. But the reason I say that is because people look at it and they kind of go, well, this is what you need to do to do this. No, everybody's different. Everybody's different on how we do what we need to do and how we handle things. But you know what? Everybody has the same call on their life to be Christians. And then God gives us gifts to do other things. Amen? Amen. See, that's the thing about it. It's so funny to me is that... uh, when we see things and you say, because uh, people are, how did you get started? You know, when I, when I graduated from, from Bible college, everybody was going out and they were getting licensed and they were getting ordained and they were getting, you know, they were just getting from anywhere they could because when the school, when I graduated, they didn't have any kind of licensing or ordination at that time. We ended up doing that later on in 1985. Well, I graduated six years earlier in 1979 and so I was out doing ministry and so I was doing ministry just doing it and they said well how did you get this how did you get to do this how did you get to do that I said I just showed up at church I showed up at church and they said we need somebody to clean the parking lot I just ran out and said okay I'll volunteer I'll clean the parking lot so I said, we need somebody to be in the nursery. I said, okay, I'll just volunteer to get in the nursery. So I got in the nursery. We need somebody to teach kids. I volunteered to do kids. They said, we need somebody to volunteer to do ushers. They said, we need somebody to volunteer to do this. I said, so every time they pastor say, hey, we have a need, I was the first one to volunteer. I was working a full-time job, but didn't matter. Because I thought that's what Christians did. See, I grew up in a farming community and if you get there, when somebody said, Hey, we did that. we're gonna build a barn, all the neighborhood got together and we built the barn. When somebody got together, hey, so and so got it, you went out, and you helped, you picked, you did, you you went out and you worked and you helped everybody around you. I mean I grew up we had a party line. No, you don't even know what a party line is. You picked up the phone and you said, hey, I need to talk. So the other six people that were on the same line had to get off. And if they wanted to hear you, they just picked up their phone and said, hey, it's my turn now. You got to get off. Yeah, that's so really great. Yeah, it's Petticoat Junction almost, if you don't know what that is. But it's crazy, you know. But we just helped one another. That's what you did you just did it. You, anything that was asked, you just did it. And because I did it, and everybody I worked with, the funny thing about it, everybody that I was, you know, when I was working with the ushers, he turned out to be the guy that wrote all the, you know, Ministry of helps things about ushering and about greeting. And then the person that I helped in the nursery, she was a lady that actually wrote all the curriculum, did all the videos for everything that went nationwide. The person that I helped, you know, in children's church happened to be Gospel Bill, Willie George, who did everything, you know, built a huge church and everything else, you he's a really good friend of mine. So, you know, it just so happened that everybody I got connected with turned out to be pretty good. And I was just a helper. But I learned and I grew and I got to see miracles, signs and wonders of what transpired. But I never got tired doing the things of God because I understood there was a call of God. And the second thing was, is me and God, we had a personal relationship. It didn't matter about anybody else. Because I knew God loved me and I loved God, so that made it all good. Because people say, well, you can't do that. Hey, well, God said I could. We just sang a song. God said, I believe it. God said, it is done. And it's so amazing how many people want to get approval of everybody else. See, if you want to get approval of man, then you have man's limitations. And I've never gotten approval of man. And the funny thing about it, I went to places nobody else wanted to go. Amen. And do things that nobody else really wanted to do. But God always honored it. And the reason being is because God gave me vision and God gave me a goal. Because it was just It was what God was. Sharing. And guess what? God's going to give you a vision. And it's funny. I had so many people say, hey, well, I can't do this because so-and-so and because of this. I can't do this until this is done. Do you know that every time you say you can't do something because of something, that's, an, that's something bigger than God? You're saying, I've got an idol over here that says it's bigger than God because I can't do this because this is bigger than God. <laughs> you know, I got to do this. Oh, I'm, I'm way too busy. I'm, I've decided that I'm not too busy because busy just means, you know, it's is being under Satan's yoke, so we need to get rid of being busy. You know, we're doing things. We, yeah, we got a lot of work to do and work's never done, but glory to God, we are going to continue to do what God's called us to do. And the reason I'm exhorting you of this is that this is what's going to keep us steady is our relationship, is our prayer life, is what's going to keep us steady is our call. God's calling. Is God, call, is God calling you? Is God still calling you to draw near? Is God still calling you to do the things... And whatever I put my hand to, we can do. We can prosper. Whatever God, whatever I can do, God's going to do. Whatever I put my hand to is going to prosper. Amen. Now, thank God we all need to know what God wants us to do. There's things we like to do more than others. You know, I mean, I, I, I loved being, I loved helping in the nursery, but I hate changing diapers. <laughs> I mean, we just, you know, somebody. we had one of, our, one of our persons we just hired in the preschool. And this young lady, she changed her very first diaper today in her entire life so I said God bless you I can't even count can't even I don't even can't even count (laughs) I mean you know we had grandbabies over the weekend I had to change diapers okay that's the way it is it's life you know so you know we look at this but that's not something I like to do so I said well are you called to that I absolutely do not think I'm called to do the nursery I'm a kindergarten God. Shut up. Sit down. It's good. Me and the boys work good together. The girls, you know, God bless them. They're just a little scary there. But, you know, (laughs) here's the thing. You know why you never know what God's called you to do is because you never do what God is asking for other things to do. And many times you just got to get up and do things. Just do it. Just go and let God direct your steps. Let God open up the doors, but be willing to allow God to show you whatever he wants you to do to be the blessing God wants you to do. Because God gave every one of us a gift to the body of Christ, but he gave all of us a gift also to be a blessing to those that we come in contact with in our world. And God said, if we'll just deal with and minister to everybody in our sphere of influence, man, we'll change the world. You know, we've been talking about this because so many times you never know who you're going to talk to, who you're going to minister to, that they're going to go out and they're going to change the world. And you change the world one person at a time. But really it's also, it's just letting that kindness, letting that do that. And here's one of the, here's one of the biggest things that happens too though. This is where, and I've seen this happen in so many, so many gifted people that have never done the things that God wants them to do or so many people have messed up because they started out believing that God was their source but they ended up trusting in man as their source. Okay? Listen, to do the things that God wants you to do, you got to know that God's your source and whatever you have is his. Amen. We, and we don't like to teach that and talk about that. You know, we're blessed. You guys are such good givers. You guys are such precious. You're wonderful and, and we are. We're doing, I was telling the board, we had a board meeting this past week and stuff and I said, guys, Let's just keep doing whatever we're doing. I don't know what we're doing, but ain't nobody sinning. Don't be sinning because we're doing good because uh, we're in a bubble. We're in a thing where God is blessing and God is doing. The church is wonderful. And it is. In every aspect, our church is just clicking on all kinds of silly. I mean, we are. We're just I talk to all people all over the, the nation and it just isn't anybody doing what we're doing and what's going on here. You know, I mean, there's things that are happening, but it's just, you know. So, I mean, Jim's here. He has stands at he, he was, you know, he's on it. And he's like, I just said, well. Because they always ask me, what are we, how is it? I said, I have no idea. I don't know, but we're going to believe you. We're just having fun, okay. But the thing about that is, is that the reason being is that God's our complete source. You know, we don't do things to be able to. Say, hey, let's 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 do this because we have this. We do it because God says, here's vision. And and, and see, with vision, there's always provision. And you just do it because God said it. And if, if God said it, then He's the one. If God orders it, He's the one that has to pay for it. And believe it or not, every everyone in this room, that's what you gotta do. You gotta get to a, a decision in your life that you're gonna you're gonna come to a place where either you're gonna trust God or you're gonna trust man. And when you trust God, that is when things begin to change and things begin to become different. you know. And if it seems like I'm laying on a chance, all I'm doing is letting you know, listen, God is doing great things and God's gonna sustain us through all this, but we've gotta do our part. We gotta be willing to give of ourselves. We gotta be willing to give of, of what God's speaking to our heart, giving of our resources, giving of what he's doing. And we gotta trust, hallelujah, that uh, God's grace on our lives and God's original plan for our lives will come to pass. Amen? You know, God gives us vision. And when he shows us vision, what we have to do is we have to walk it out. And it's not up to us, you know, to try to figure out uh, uh, how he's going to do things. We just walk it out to the best of our ability. God, I'm just going to keep taking steps and have you bring it to pass. Amen? I mean, that's one of the the biggest things that we do. And that's why we're workers together. And that comes with being able to do this with longevity and just doing things uh, in his His timing, but also, it keeps you happy. It keeps you, yeah, we all go through things. We all go through tests of life. We go through things that are hard. We do. I mean, we have obstacles. But thank God, with God's grace and his mercy, hallelujah, it produces a wonderful thing in us. It produces a thing called patience, which we don't like. But it also produces endurance, you know, But it also produces in us the willingness to know that, hey, I can change and I can change for the better. I can be flexible in the things of God. I can allow God to be God. Hallelujah. Because you're my source. I'm yours. You know. I mean, it's... uh, in. Uh, you know Gary was here and preaching and teaching he wasn't preaching to you Gary was just doing what Gary does <laughs> anyways but uh, yeah I love Gary he's one of my he's a good friend but anyways but so she you know has the same book Reese Howell that Gary does and so she just thought it'd be a good thing to read that book and so she read two chapters last night just messes you all up if it gets you full of condemnation and guilt because those old guys I mean they knew how to pray knew how to get to heaven and they just make you feel like you're and not even saved You know, and you got to just pray and repent all night long, just after two chapters. And uh, it was, you know, and it was just like, golly, you know, how do we deal with this? How do we handle this? But there's that heart for God. See, do we really believe that Jesus is coming back? Do we really believe that God's going to meet and supply all of our needs? Do we really believe that he's directing our steps? And when you begin to believe that, or do we really believe that God is our complete source of everything that we need? And when it is, then he can do that. And, you know, the wonderful thing about God, he'll test you. He'll just say, do this. Amen. And here's one of the biggest reasons, too, of why people don't stay long in doing things. You know, as I look back over my life, been doing this a long time, there's not very few that are still doing things for God that I started with. And... Uh, and it's sad because I love all of them. They're all precious. They're valuable. But all through the thing, there were certain things that happened that stopped them from finishing their course. And one of the biggest reasons is, is because there was an area of commitment that was broken. And many times it wasn't their commitment. It was the commitment of somebody else toward them oh it's quiet in this church. I can't help but God knew you were coming tonight. I just, I prayed. I got in my office. I put on the music and prayed in the Holy Ghost. And God said, do this. I said, Lord, you're going to get me in trouble. You know? Because here's the thing. Is that just because somebody is unfaithful and not loyal to you doesn't mean that you become unfaithful and loyal to God. You can't do that. You know, I mean... You know, here's the thing about it. You know, you get into marriage and you get into sharing. But the thing knowing is, listen, I'm going to go for God. God's first. You're second. You just have to understand that if God says we got to do this, this is what we got to do. Because God said, amen, love you with all my heart, die for you, but God's first. My loyalty and my commitment is first lies in him. Because my call came before anything else. Now, she comes before my ministry but she doesn't come before my call nobody comes before my call my call to God is my call as a Christian and then my second call is the call to be a pastor Amen. but my ministry as a pastor is second to my ministry to my wife and she knows she's second to but the call of God I can't, I can't do anything about the call of God I have to obey see we get that and everybody says well that just sounds so but it's true and see when you do that then God makes everything else work <laughs> <laughs> Amen. He makes everything else. He sounds so, but it's that it's that commitment that I've committed and I'm committed, Amen. But I'm more committed here. And see the commitment here. It's not a hard commitment. I mean, how is it a hard commitment? I'm dead. Dead people don't mouth off. The Bible says that. that we're dead and our lives have been hid in Christ you know and we are a living sacrifice so that's the thing about it but we say that jokingly but it really needs to be true that listen I'm dead to my desires I'm dead to my I want to do what he wants to do and I want to be obedient to him and he'll tell me how to be a blessing to my wife to my kids and everything else that goes on But I got to understand that God's calling. And see, I think that's the key thing is that all of us, we're looking for our happiness or our needs to be met or our uh, somebody to talk to us and say and give us approval here and approval there uh, based on what we're doing or something. Instead of gaining all of that approval and all of that joy and all of those things from our heavenly father. And then when we go out and he asks us to do things, it doesn't matter if you accept it. It doesn't matter if you like it. If you're doing what God's called you to do, it's, it's, a, it's, you're doing your, the joyful thing. And even if people doesn't appreciate it, they don't slap you on the back and they don't say, Oh, you're doing so good. So I said, well, you don't need the attaboys. Yeah, I know that. I know there's different things that we need to do, but we should be honoring people all the time and thanking them and, and, and looking at what they do. I, I mean, I tell people all the time, and I'm so thankful. Thankful for you being here. Thankful for what you've done. Thankful for all this. It's just, it's a blessing. I mean, it doesn't, it's not hard to say thank you. Is it? It's not hard to thank you. It's not hard, you know, but we see this and this is where I, I see this where people have lost loyalty and faithfulness. They've lost that, that accountability to God. Amen? Because they thought God wasn't loyal and faithful to them. And here's the problem. (laughs) He doesn't have to be. But he is. God never left you. God never did the bad thing. God's the one picking up the pieces. God's there to help you. God's, God's never left you. The Bible says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be there. I will always pick you up. I will always be there. Amen? You know? It's kind of like the footprints in the sand, if you've ever seen that poem and all that thing. And you see the footprint. All of a sudden, when, the, when everything's the worst and everything's the terrible, there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And the person asked asks in the, in the poem is like, well, God, how come in the midst of the worst time and everything else, there's only one foot? How come you left me? He said, I didn't leave you. That's when I'm carrying you. See, God never leaves. And if you believe that, if you believe that, See, then you know that it doesn't matter what anybody else, it doesn't matter, you know, when everybody else is gone, you and God are there. When it looks like everybody has forsaken you, when it looks like everybody has, you know, gone away, then you still got God. But you know that faithfulness is not something that you have, it is something that you find. See, the Bible says you've got to be found faithful. You thought I made that up. No, the scripture says you've got to be found faithful. So faithfulness is something you've got to find. Faithfulness is something you've got to make. Some faithfulness is something you've got to do. You don't have faithfulness. You've got to find it. And as you do that, what you do is you just, people know that you're a faithful man. Because the Bible says a faithful man will abound with blessings. Man, I didn't think this was going to be this crazy. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be happy. We're going to this happy little thing here. But I did pray really hard at this today, and I did also pray in worshiping God. I said, God, just whatever you want to do tonight, you just do it. So I'm going to have to get this so I know what, exactly what I said. This is going to be good. But <laughs> because I'm, you know, God wants to find out if you are faithful. God wants to find out if you are loyal. He wants to see, and I think when he finds you faithful and finds you, then things begin to turn and things begin to change. And because God can find you you, you faithful, there's some things that happen in your life, you know? I want to give you some things about faithfulness real quick, and we're, we're not to, I'm not going to beat you up anymore. I'm just going to give you some things here, okay? And I don't think I'm beating you up. I'm hopefully helping you just think about things, especially in this, where faithfulness is something that you find. You've got to be found Faithful. You know, which means you've got to make an effort to do that. People know that you'll show up. But there's some characteristics of a faithful man. Um, and these there's, there's scriptures for all of these. But number one, a faithful man knows how to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> you can actually talk to him. Hallelujah. That's Proverbs eleven thirteen. Also, number two, a faithful man will minister strength to those around him. Proverbs 13, 17. A faithful man will always speak the truth, no matter what, because faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 14, 5 is scripture for that. And then it says, a faithful man will always be a humble man. Proverbs 20, verse 6, because a faithful person will always not be too high to do something so small or too small not to do something so big. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is that when we understand that, and the reason I share that with you is because the number one person we're supposed to be faithful to and loyal to is our Father. Even? And He misses your, His time with you. He misses His time fellowshipping with you. And, and I think that was the thing that, you know, Gary was just endeavoring to try to get across to us and bring in the Word to our churches. And we pray a lot. But it's just getting us more so that we need to continue to pray because there's things that we need to break. There's some strong things and strongholds that we need to break over this area. There's definitely some strongholds that we need to break over the state. I mean, there's some ungodly, I mean, we know, we live, you know, everybody in every other state, all of their 50 states, or if you count the the new ones, but all of the other 49 states, they don't understand why you and I live here. Maybe New York and Connecticut might think, yeah, you guys are okay. But other than that, you know, let's just say 47 out of the 50 don't understand why in the world we live here. But I always tell them this: those that are whole need not a physician. So, you know, we here we're we're doing with God, and so we need to be here because there's got to be light shining in the darkness. Hallelujah! And we're here, and we're in the perfect place because God's called us here. He's called us to be here. Hallelujah! And so when we do this, Hallelujah, we're doing our best to let God shine because we're not going to give the devil an inch. Amen. We're going to be committed to what God's called us to do. We are going to stand strong. Hallelujah. And we're going to stay with it till the job gets done. Amen. We're going to stay with it till God gets glory. You know, when God spoke to my heart many years ago when he told us to come, he said, You're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. And that's a mouthful when you say Stockton is a city whose builder and maker is God. You got to walk by faith, okay? You do. You do. And, uh, but I know that. And he also told me this. He said, you're to stay here until the glory of the Lord covers Stockton like the glory of the Lord, like the waters cover the sea. And so, the key is, is that, you know, once you start, and I, you know, I'm bound and determined whenever I do something, I'm pretty tenacious at it. I don't like to ever stop. I like to finish. And I like to finish strong. And uh, I'm having more fun. I'm having stronger now than anything. But, The longevity of it and to do things consistently is like number one for the longevity. Then I've got to be committed to the plan and the purpose of God, but committed to the faithfulness and the loyalty of God. And I've got to show that same faithfulness and loyalty to him. Funny thing about God is, is that the way you show your faithfulness and loyalty to him is how much you love each other, how much you love his kids. You're not a joy. People say, me and God, we're tight. We we got this tight. But then you act like a jerk to everybody else around you. You and God are not even close. Because that's like you coming up to me, man. Pastor, I just really like you, but I can't stand your kids. You just blew it. Seriously, I in, in mean, here it is because, we, you know, now under, we understand kids can get stupid and we understand all that stuff, but I'm just talking about, especially in the area what you're doing, when you're dealing with things like this, that's the way God judges loyalty and faithfulness is how much we treat one another and how we handle one another. Amen? And He also talks about our attitude. Attitudes are always the biggest thing, they're like a fragrance, they spread really fast. Good attitudes spread fast, bad attitudes spread, spread faster. Amen? That's why you have to nip things off. But how you many know that we haven't come this far by ourselves, that we had to have people working together? You know, it's been about a family. It's been about a teamwork. It's been about all of us coming together, connected together, and watching what God can do in our lives. Amen? And so the biggest thing is, I think that God's speaking tonight is just, I have no idea. Greg's going to ask me at the end of this service, he's going to say, hey, what's your title tonight? Having a clue. That's probably the title. Having a clue. <laughs> But no, we got to figure out a title here. You guys can help me with that. If you do get a good one, tell them. Uh, Anyways, but the whole thing, let's wrap this up in the next minute or so, is that the willingness to do what God wants us to do. Because guess what, folks? We are living in the most exciting time ever in the history of the church. We're living in the last of the last days. Jesus is about to come back. There are supernatural things. And God is pouring out his spirit. God is pouring out. God is wanting us to step up. He's wanting to have revival in the church. He's wanting to have people born into the kingdom of God. There are people getting saved. God's doing supernatural things. I mean, there are so many things happening. Hallelujah. All around the world, even because there's chaos, but people are hungry for the things of God. Amen? God, hallelujah. And here's the biggest thing. Never lose sight of people. How many know that people are heaven's priorities? Jesus came to die for you and I. People are the most important things in all the world as people. Things aren't, but people are. And so never forget the people that are there. Never forget what people do and never forget, you know, and never forget those that have helped you. Amen? It's amazing, you know, how we forget where we've come from or where we've been and, and be, a, to be a blessing to those things. But, you know, God's heart is, is that, listen, let's set ourselves in and he'll remind us of what to do. And, you know, God knows everything and he'll lead you, he'll direct you, he'll show you what, so that your life can be even more and more fulfilled. And see, that's why I always bring up Brother Self because he's 92. That means everyone in this room, you still got years to go. <laughs> Even if you're doing it with a walker, hallelujah, you're going out and sharing Jesus. You're going, You're preaching. You're praying. You're encouraging. Praise God. Bless God. That's what I tell him. I said, man, because you know, I tell him, I said, you make retirement terrible. And he says, I've been retired. He tells me how long he's been retired. He's been retired a long time, but he's never been retired. He never retired from the things of God. Because see, he worked for 30 years as an iron worker. But he pastored 18 churches up and down, Oregon, Washington, and, 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 and California, and he'd go to places nobody else wanted. The churches would be, there was nothing, and the denomination he was in, these churches would be closed down, and so he'd go there, and he'd start it, and he'd raise up a church, and all those churches are still going today. But he'd get there and do nothing, but he still worked. he worked 10, 12 hours a day and then go preach revivals. He makes me look like a wimp. I mean, I'm not just a wimp. <laughs> thinking. I'm here doing things doing things at church and all that stuff and I get on and I'm tired and thinking Callie I could not go preach a revival right now what are we doing I'm backslid we need to pray <laughs> you know and I told because one day I made a mistake and I said this and we're closing I said you know you're you know, you an iron worker and you also preach he said no he said no I wasn't he said no I wasn't I was a preacher who worked as an iron worker he said I, I'm a preacher first Iron work just helped me preach and gave him a pension and gave him everything he could do. But he said, hey, no, I was a preacher that worked as an iron worker. I said, yes, sir, you were, even though 90% of his time he was working. So he's always kept me straight (laughs) to keep me saying, listen, you ain't even started yet. son. keep going. And I said, you're right. I haven't started yet. I got to keep going. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, you just uh, got me in a big mess tonight. I don't know what you're doing, but I, I love you. I do. Uh, I just trust that it made sense tonight to share my heart and to share the heart of you, the Father, that you desire that each and every one finish their course. I think that's, and you want them to, the, the willingness to do anything that you're asking them to do. And that you're showing them their gifts and their callings to be a a blessing to the body of Christ. But also, Father, you're showing those that are here that they've got a voice to their friends. They've got a voice to those co-workers. They've got a voice, hallelujah, by their actions, hallelujah, and even by their words. To speak words of life. Lord, we're co-workers with you. We're workers together with Christ. And we want to work with you to bring back the king We want to work with you to to get this world saved. We want to work with you to finish and and finish this out and be the church, hallelujah, that you want us to be. Lord, we just honor you for that. We love you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen and amen.